Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. The video has been watched more than one million times on the Talk Radio Twitter account. Anarchist Ian Bone has been universally condemned for attacking Jacob Rees-Mogg and his family outside his London home. But now the apologists have been working overtime to prove he's got nothing to do with Jeremy Corbyn. Well, I, for one, am not buying it. There are sections of the left that are poisonous, antisocial and downright disgusting. They are supported by lefty establishment figures who encourage hatred and discrimination, as one Twitterer pointed out to me last night. Imagine if it was Diane Abbott and her family being abused on our streets, outside her home. What would happen then? The big question today is just why the left so divisive and full of hate. 0344 499 1000. Daisy is back with us and she's been finding out just what the government's big plans are for the transport business in this country. And it may not be a pretty sight. And we're talking rubbish as well. No laughing at the back. The country is in a group of disputes between neighbours about all sorts of stuff that you're supposed to put out in the dustbin. 0344 499 1000. And we'll be asking what Mark Wahlberg has been up to. He's looking very, very ripped. Nobody's quite sure whether they can keep up with his regimen of exercise. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Andy, uh, who's in Portsmouth. Hello, Andy. Hello, Mike. How are you? Very good morning. What would you like to say? Well, what I'd like to say is, look, I think you've you've got to pull all the pieces of the jigsaw together. Mm. People have got to see the bigger picture and stop dividing it and put it into sections and little boxes. Mm. Let's take the dividing lines away and stick it all together. You've got everything you just mentioned about uh, the the demo that McDonald and Corbyn were on just a week ago. Yeah. You've got this guy who is protesting outside Jacob Rees-Mogg's house, anti-Semitic graffiti on walls, um, desecrations of uh, Jewish memorials, um, you, 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 the list goes on, yeah. and it's all subdivided into various categories. And I think this is this is where we're going wrong. People have got to see it for what it is. Now, a lot of people said oh, a, a month or so ago, they were saying about Boris's burger comments, it might instill people who are less intelligent in, than himself to go off and, and start um, throwing insults uh, at people in burkas or whatever. Right. Well, this, right. you know, that... 
it may be so, but this is a massive thing that doesn't even compare when you look at what, what the Labour are doing. You, you've got people who are being inspired by people like Bone, by people like Corbyn McDonald, McDonald saying people should uh, come out on the streets and not let a Tory MP um, be able to walk from A yeah. to B in peace and quiet. People are being inspired by it. And, and lastly, Mike, I'd like to commend you on, on the way that you opened the show. And you're the only, uh, well, one of the only, um, uh, I was going to say shock jock then, but you're not a mm-hmm. shock jock. Steady, but... yeah, that's, that's got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> but you're one of the only uh, people in the media that that, that I've heard um, who who has relentlessly uh, pursued truth. Because a lot of people, they are concerned with balance. But quite often the balance is disproportionate and the balance is false balance. And I think balance sacrifices truth. It always sacrifices truth. And sometimes there just isn't a balance to be had. Well, you're absolutely right, because, you know, during the Second World War, I wouldn't have wanted to hear balanced news reporting about what Britain was involved with uh, against the Nazis, right? Now, I'm not saying that this is in any way comparable. Of course not. However, in politics, there is no such thing as balance, and you cannot equate one thing with another just because one side does one thing and another side does something completely different. Indeed, Mike. I mean, look, it's linear thinking. Yeah. People get to get to their to their the little obstacle, which they won't overcome or look at from any other direction. The obstacle's there, and that's it. Right. So therefore, it must equate to the opposite, but it doesn't. And and that is where people are falling down. You know, overemphasizing balance. Well, balance isn't so in this case. It really, really yeah. isn't. All right, exactly. You're absolutely right, Andy. Great call. Thank you very much indeed. Andy in Portsmouth there, uh, joining in uh, the procession of people who are calling the show. It's been a very busy week this week, Daisy, yeah, I have to say. Well, We've had loads day. and loads and loads of people ringing in. 0344 499 1000. Because in the end, you know, there's an awful lot in this country that needs to be sorted out. And there's an awful lot of people who are too frightened to speak the truth. It's true. Uh, it is true. And I think Andy made such a valid point there about balance. Because yeah. as a journalist, particularly as a broadcast journalist, you know, you are, it is drummed into you either at the BBC or ITV, and I've worked for both and various others, you know, you must be balanced. It always must be on the one hand this and on the one hand that. But there does, as Andrew said, there comes a time where the, the, the balance is so skewed, you know, and a lot of people, you know, scientists will say this about climate change, that mm. if you constantly have to put two sides of yeah. climate change to the audience, the audience can, you know, can be forgiven for thinking that there are two sides of that argument both yeah. of which are as valid as each other and there aren't yeah and you can skew the whole argument and also way. as noam chomsky will tell you you cannot be balanced there is no possible way for you as an individual human to be balanced because your upbringing uh, has an effect on what you say yeah. you know your your uh, your kind of disposition is affected by how you live uh, your what your your way of thinking is affected by the culture with which you were you, were, you, were, you, were, you were raised there is no way to be completely balanced and anyone who pretends to be is a charlatan well, there's something. I mean, the other side is that, of course, you do want critical thinking. You don't want. Listen, I'm happy to have a row with anyone. Yeah, yeah. But, but you don't want people who are so brainwashed into thinking that they're right and everyone else is wrong yeah. that they refuse to listen to the Absolutely other side not. of the argument. I mean, I will listen to any sensible and yeah. cleverly made argument. What I will not listen to is an argument made by somebody who doesn't have an argument. 
or doesn't have any facts and figures to, no. back, to back up their argument. Exactly. But I think you know it, it brings to like the. Although having said that, I will still listen to them. I'll just make fun of them. <laughs> just poo-poo them. Yeah, exactly. But that's but that's fair enough. But Brexit is the perfect example of this, where yeah. the two sides refuse to agree that the other side might have anything relevant. Exactly, and that's why we that's say. why we are so ridiculously in the position that we are in, which is why I was highlighting the ludicrous nature earlier on of this guy, this anarchist, Ian Bone, who spent his entire life being part of this organisation called Class War, who was brought up, funnily enough, as the son, uh, I believe, of, of, an but- of, of an aristocrat's butler, so therefore hates the, 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 the ruling class as he sees them. Yeah. You know, it's not on for him to turn up outside somebody's house and berate the kids of a Tory MP. I'm sorry. It's there not- is no world in which that's acceptable. No, of course, of course there isn't. Um, the only thing that I'm now feeling uncomfortable about is the fact we're giving him so much airtime, because in some ways he was doorstepped by um, a newspaper yeah. uh, this morning or, or last night who said, how many grandchildren have you got? Let's talk about your family. Yes. And he said, you know, not on your Nelly. I'm not going to. Oh, really? Well, there's an interesting there's thing. A, I'm not going to discuss them. But then he did, according to the write-up of this this doorstep interview that they got with him, yeah. kind of cackle and say, but look at all the amazing publicity I've had yeah, as yeah. a result of what I've done. Well, so, he may, he so may he, like being treated as uh, Britain's most hated man. Uh, who knows? But I mean, what I can tell you is if you haven't seen the video, uh, you can check it out on Talk Radio's Twitter feed, uh, where more than a million people have now watched it. It's an absolutely extraordinary state of affairs. And I'd still stick to my guns and say only the left have this kind of poison on their side life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, I would not give you false hope now on this strange and mournful day. But the mother and child reunion is only emotional. Oh, Amen Holmes coming up at four o'clock. Before that, of course, today, Daisy, we've got uh, show number four. Uh, in the company of Mr. Matthew Wright, uh, I'm very who's much joined looking forward the organisation. Very, very exciting times for him uh, and for us as well. Uh, and he's in the company, of course, of Kevin O'Sullivan, an old mucker of mine as well from the tabloid days. Yes, who so. I heard Matthew very sweetly saying on his first 
first show this week um, that Kevin was his mentor back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I know. Was very nice. I don't think he meant that as a compliment, actually. I think enough. he did. Yeah, I know. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, listen, coming up, uh, we've got a newsreader, Ben Fletcher, here at Talk Sport Towers and Talk Radio Towers, uh, who is currently awaiting the birth of his second child. Pacing. Um, pacing. Um, I believe his wife has gone into labour. Uh, you and I both know plenty about that sort of thing. Yes. Um, and how uh, torturous it can be. Uh, apparently, though, uh, Mumsnet apparently is being uh, is being accused of driving the fear of childbirth. Graphic accounts of the birthing process appearing on websites such as Mumsnet are apparently contributing to a phobia of childbirth. Now, I don't know what this means. I don't know whether it means that in some ways people will stop having children. Well, and uh, some of the reports I've read today is saying that they are linking, people who've looked at this, are linking a sort of rise in, in uh, mothers who mm. want to terminate their pregnancies no. because of a fear of really? childbirth. Now, I've Surely that can't be true. It doesn't strike me as very, as very likely. If you want to have a baby, which a lot of, you know, which obviously a huge number, majority of men and women do, you mm. know you're going to have to go through childbirth. I do think that there is a, sometimes there's a rise in wanting to have elective caesareans when perhaps your doctor wouldn't advise you to, to do that because yeah. you're frightened of natural childbirth. Well, there was a time as well when uh, when elective caesareans were actively discouraged, certainly by the NHS. But let's talk to Rowan Davis, who's from Mumsnet, uh, and she can tell us whether this is in fact something that's really a thing. Rowan, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. I, I find this very hard to believe, to be honest. I can't believe people are being put off but childbirth. I mean, because I've, I've, I've got four children myself, and I know that mm-hmm. uh, lots of women I've spoken to about childbirth, uh, they say, well, of course I've forgotten what the first one was like, otherwise I wouldn't have had another one. But, you know, I mean, most women really don't get put off this, do they? We don't think so, no. We, we think this story's been a bit overcooked. And to be fair to the academic who said it, I suspect she didn't really expect it to be interpreted in quite this way either. Yeah. Um, I think the truth is, if you are the kind of person who wants to know absolutely everything, mm. then now the internet is a thing that will allow you to find out absolutely everything. But okay. if you're the kind of woman who would much prefer to go into labour knowing very little about the downsides, then that is your choice too. What, what's forums like Mumsnet give you is the choice to find out every single possible downside or to find out almost nothing at all. And I suppose, Rowan, one thing that has changed without a shadow of a doubt is that we share, or some people would say overshare, a lot more these days about very, very private things that a couple of generations ago, women wouldn't have dreamt of talking publicly about what their mm. birth, you know, the intimate details of what their birth was like or what their experience mm-hmm. was like or how, you know, how damaged they were, all those sorts of things that it would have been deemed terribly impolite to have talked about a few years ago and now people are quite quite willing in fact quite proud to share their horror yeah. stories I think the, the only bit of that I would disagree with is, is the word oversharing. Um, so what p- women are doing are telling the truth about their experiences. And I'm sure you've got friends and I've got friends who will tell you after giving birth that they wish they'd known those women who did have really bad experiences and childbirth. And childbirth can be really difficult yeah, but I think, and really painful. I think what Quite Daisy a lot of those means, women though. will say they wish they had known more. They feel that there's a bit of conspiracy of silence and that mm-hmm. they weren't told the truth. So it can go either way. Well, it can. But I think, I mean, I'm not speaking for Daisy here because I would never do such a thing but what I'm thinking is it's a bit like when you go around to somebody's house for dinner and they say would you like to see the video of our son's childbirth <laughs> and you go well not really actually I'll just stick with the roast chicken if you don't mind you know but, but actually I, I I was guilty of that in some ways not in a good thing but I had a very a very bad for my eldest child the the, the um, birth was pretty traumatic and mm. very very bad and I couldn't think about or talk about 
anything else yeah. for a number yeah. of weeks yeah. afterwards. I mean, I bored everybody with, you know, and I could see them looking iller and iller as I went, <laughs> as I plundered <laughs> on and on and on. But I, I, I sort of, it was extraordinary. For, sort of, for me, it was almost cathartic going yeah, over it and over it and over it again and yeah, again and again, yeah. which probably wasn't pleasant for everybody else. No, but it is useful quite often for those women who have those experiences. They actually need to talk about it. Now, you can certainly argue that in an ideal world, the NHS would have the resources to provide counselling to those women so that they have an appropriate person who they can, you know, be debriefed by and talk to these mm. things about. But we're back See, I think the, the NHS, world and those things aren't available. I think they go the other way on it, the NHS, because they're very, very big on saying this is not an illness. Therefore, you know, why would you need mm. counselling? This is a perfectly natural thing that every woman has done since the year dot. So yep. why worry about it? And that's yep. kind of their, their overarching sort of line, isn't it? Yes, and there has been, over the last 30 or 40 years, there's been this needed movement towards embracing what we call natural birth, which, of course, is not in itself not a value-neutral term, and that mm. women now almost feel that they've failed if they don't give birth Sorry, in what can I, I just, think of as being a natural way, and that's there. not helpful either. Did you just say value-neutral? Sorry, I did, yeah. yeah. No, um... no, you see, we only talk common sense <laughs> on this show, so you have to explain <laughs> what that means. What does it mean? Sorry. Well, so... When people say natural birth, yeah. that makes it sound like this is a lovely, you know, it's all daisies and fluff, and this is a, the best experience that birth can possibly right. be. And anything less than that, you've failed, you haven't done right. it. Right. I completely agree with you, Rowan. That's I mean, absolutely right. Yeah, it? it is absolutely right. It's, com it, it's such a loaded description. No, I like value neutral. I just hadn't heard it before. <laughs> no, like, I might use it again. I just wanted to steal it from but it's, you. I mean, it's like, then don't get me on my high horse about it, but it's. It's, it's like all the breastfeeding Nazis yeah. out there mm. who make anybody who fails at breastfeeding yes. feel like yeah. they've failed their mm. child. It's horrendous. Yes. yes, yeah, and it's really unhelpful and it makes people miserable. So we just think in the end, you can't ever say, it's not right to say that women are not allowed to tell the truth mm. about their experiences of childbirth, about their experiences of trying to establish breastfeeding. It's much better to have the truth out there. But also, people are entirely entitled if they mm. think that they would find it frightening or upsetting, they don't have to look at this stuff. There are lots and lots of entirely positive supportive birth stories on mum's net too and if you only want to read the good stuff it is absolutely possible to do that too but i suppose we're all human aren't we and we're all drawn to the macabre yeah. or the, the, car crash syndrome, the, the, the dramatic <laughs> or whatever it might be and uh, yeah, thought, yeah. well i mean i was struck by the piece in the times today where they quote dame helen mirren which is a very Ooh. different state of affairs where she claimed that at convent school she was made to watch an explicit sex education film yeah. which she says yeah. traumatized her and that was why she never had children which, which seems yeah. a bit dramatic to be honest yeah no it's, a, it's an extraordinary story i yeah. haven't heard that before but if that's her experience, yeah. then, you know, fair dues. I do. I think it's true that humans, in general, we are a bit more drawn to the dramatic, aren't we? And we're drawn yeah. to those kind of slightly darker things. And that's just being human. That certainly isn't something that we on Mumsnet, you know, are no. uniquely responsible for, I don't think. And also, of course, without wishing to in any way say people shouldn't read Mumsnet, it's not compulsory to read Mumsnet. You don't have to no. read it. You know, no. you don't want to. And if you go onto Mumsnet and you say, I'm about to give birth for the first time, I'm completely terrified, tell me something good, yeah. you will receive 300 really positive responses saying, okay. I had a baby, it was absolutely fine. Right. So if you're looking for reassurance, you can get it. You okay. know, what, what you'll find on Mumsnet is everything. You will find all of the different points of view, but people are quite sensitive yes. about not deliberately frightening women, especially when it's their first time. Sure. Brilliant. All right, Rowan, thank you very much indeed for Thanks, clarifying Mike. all that. Rowan Davis there from Mumsnet saying, you know, it's not all uh, blood and guts on the mum's net and it's not all blood and guts in the in the in the sort of uh, pregnancy no. obstetrics room either no but I, I completely agree with her that this you know desire to have you know, the natural birth does yeah. put 
you know, and it makes people feel bad if they would rather be full of drugs yeah. and not really aware of what's yeah, going on. Absolutely. I um, mean, I I very much put it down and said I want every drug going. I yeah. want to be. I want, and then didn't get anything at all. Right. So that didn't go to plan. No, <laughs> I know. Well, that's the problem. I mean, almost always when you're encouraged to do a birth plan, it hardly ever goes to the no, birth plan. It's because, not worth the paper you know, it's written on. It's a nightmare. I mean, one of my favourite birthing stories is my first uh, daughter who was born way very long time ago, nearly 28 years ago now. Uh, we were living in New York and uh, didn't have a car yeah. right so um, and of course labor started at about three o'clock in the morning naturally yeah. so I had to go and hail a cab um, because, <laughs> I bet he was you know, delighted so I said I, I hailed this cab and, he, and I picked him up on second avenue we had to drive around the block to pick up my my then wife right and I said to him as we were driving around I said I hope you don't mind I said my wife's got to go to the hospital it was only about two blocks away but she literally couldn't walk there and I said, you know, if you don't mind, you know, she'll be fine. Don't worry. I'll just. And of course, as we drove around, she would literally could barely walk, you know, so yeah. I laid her down in the back of the cab. And he actually said, like the quote from Gone with the Wind, I don't know nothing about birth and babies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, brilliant. Tremendous. And then as we arrived at the, uh, at the hospital, there was a woman sort of walking around a bit gingerly. Um, and then as I took my wife out of the car, she started screaming in agony and, and hurling herself into a, into a wheelchair. The guy said to the woman, that's labour. <laughs> Brilliant. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, 0344 499 1000. Have you ever had a row with your neighbours about the bins? I don't think I have. I'm amazing. I've had rounds with neighbours, you know, in various different guises in all sorts of different places. But I don't think I've ever argued about the bins. Oh, I definitely have when I was living in flats and you had to share oh, really? you know, bins. Yeah, but yeah. Now, now that I've got my own bins. Yeah. Apparently people are having rows about putting, you know, people putting stuff in their bin or people using their recycling area for something wrong. I mean, it's all the fault of the councils, in my view, because they've, they've sort of, you know, segmented up bin yeah. collecting to the point where, you know, you walk past some people's houses and there's about five different bins outside. Yeah. And then my mum's village you have to be you know, one week you have to put out the the recycling and then the next week you have to put out the normal bins and all the rest of it and you can see and all it does is this mass confusion and outside everybody's house mm. there's a higgledy piggledy yeah. batch of oh, I know. unsightly bins incredible and guess what there's a lot of rats running around as well oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand we'll take your calls on that ryan uh, is in the new forest hello ryan hello how you doing very well sir what would you like to say Oh, I'll just phone up because um, I'm pretty anti-capitalist. I can't see anything much good that comes really? out of it. So, well, you live in a yeah. capitalist country, Ryan. Yeah, I know. I know. So what don't you me, think you know, is good so. about capitalism then? Uh, well, I mean, obviously it generates money for people. But I think well, with classing, I think it just you, you're bound to have this happen. I mean, uh, I was saying uh, to, to the person at the back then, uh, uh, I think that we should be called, if they, if someone did a big drive to call us, the comfortable class rather than the working class, uh-huh. then really everyone might just sit just a little bit more and then a little bit more in less people's pockets. When you're seeing people at the very, very top from this system that have just got so much money, it's unbelievable. When you hear all this top 1% have got as much wealth as the bottom 99%, there's got to be something inherently wrong. And then people obviously will break and not like the system and, and I feel that if that's the only result that can come from it it can't be a very good system that's all well if you didn't have the 1% you wouldn't have any money to fund the government though that's the problem isn't it uh, well, I mean, well, because no, because in theory the wealth would be somewhere else. It just wouldn't be. Where would it be though? In theory, all of those people. Well, in be, theory. Well, then what we just theory. hand it out to people. Well, I don't know if it would happen like that because then you'd have to take it back. But I mean, it, obviously we've got to where we are 
And like you say, so you've got a working class. I mean, just as you said, there's a middle and an upper. Well, straight away, it sounds better to be in the middle than it does at the working. Well, where do you and think you are? definitely better to be in the upper. I'm working. I'm well, what, makes you make, what makes you think you're working class, right? Uh, well, I grew up thinking I was. I grew up in a, in a sort of council household. Um, my dad was always out to work, but he was always in the pub. So we didn't have much cash anyway. So right. I was in well, the maybe work. if he'd worked a bit harder, you'd have become middle class. Uh, well, yeah, possibly. Well, yeah, something happened with me. But yeah, possibly. Yeah, but I, I don't know necessarily then. I might not have been who I am, but I was, now I reflect on it all. I mean, I was, you know, if you get to middle class, it'd be nice if everyone was just middle class, wouldn't it? Well, it would be. I don't really care what class I am. I have no in- interest in it at all. And the only country I know for sure that even has a class system is England. It doesn't really exist uh, in Scotland. Well, it doesn't um, really well, exist no, in Ireland. Like it doesn't India, really India's exist in got Wales. About Twelve classes, but you know, it does. It's obviously, you know, it's a. But it, it just seems like it's, it's just. I think you're always going to have the problem. It's like I say, people always work, especially when it is always on the back foot. You got things like food banks. You got people that are at the bottom. Why can't they just be comfortable life? Because people go, oh, that's communism then. But you don't have to be because you can still have people at the top earning loads. But because everyone at the bottom is slightly appeased, they get away with it more. I can't understand the logic unless they really like seeing people on the back foot. And that's, I seem, is strange. I feel that that's strange and a bit horrific. Well, it's not really horrific, actually. I mean, if you'd been to a war zone, you'd describe that as horrific. If you'd seen yeah, people course, in real, if you'd seen people, hang on, if you'd seen people in real poverty in countries like India, you'd say that's horrific, right? We have yeah, nothing course. horrific in this country. If you open a food bank to give away free food, people will go and get the free food. In the same way, if you opened up a television bank and said, come down and get a free television, they come and get a free TV. Yeah, I see. I can, I can see. Obviously, you've got the issue of then our life is sustained by those war-torn countries, which is its own bugbear hey? if you're actually bothered by that sort of stuff. So, how do you mean my life? How is my life sustained not by your life, India? Oh uh, uh, well, if you go back through the, the years of colonialism, we probably did quite oh. well building a lot of the things and building up institutions in this country okay. through taking the Mickey out you, of places. Like you do know when Indian independence like happened, don't you? Twenty-seven or something like that, wasn't it? I think, when? Nineteen twenty-seven was it? Something 40, like that. Or? Try forty-seven. 47, sorry, I knew I had a 7 and it. Yeah. it was near down there. Yeah, there you but, go. Yeah. Well, yeah, but still, it, it, we did take the mickey out of it for years, and it's not really probably the best example for uh, how capitalism, when it comes to India and what the British people did. Um, it doesn't matter you know, what we did to India, right? It's what India did to itself. India has a caste system, the like of which uh, is actually horrific, where yeah, if you are born 12, into a particular think, caste, like you are racially doomed. Yeah, yeah, of course, and we obviously didn't help with that with the years of the Raj. And no, stuff like no, that. no, no, it's yeah. not a question of whether we helped with it, Ryan. You know, it existed before the British went there, and it existed after they left. So, you well, know, yeah, exactly. quite so sure what That's you what mean. Class is bad, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. So when, even if you've got three over here, we've only got three, people still at the bottom. I thought you said we had eight. Oh, no, no, I think I think I said I think India had about oh, eight okay. or something like that. Oh, no, okay. no, sorry. No, we, All right, anyway, what's still... your point, Ryan? Because we've got to move on. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just saying, I think that you're always going to get, sorry, the people at the bottom, if they're not at what they consider to be a decent level, and you can argue against other countries, I I don't think it's actually that bad, but other people do, and they are fed up with watching people at the top with business interests linked to our lives, MPs with business interests as husbands and stuff like that. It's just not not good, you know. Uh, Well, it's all a bit vague and woolly, Ryan, I'm afraid. I think we should talk to Samantha, who's in Scunthorpe. Samantha, very good uh, afternoon to you. Yeah, hi. Hello, what would you like to say, Samantha? Well, I was ringing up about the childbirth. Thing, oh, wait, OK. Right, OK. And the, uh, you know, the fright that many women feel at the thought of childbirth. When yeah. I was pregnant with my son, I know that the only thing you ever hear about, really, from women generally, is horrible stories. And, mm. you know, to the extent that I went into it thinking, well, I wouldn't have natural birth, and I didn't. I had a cesarean. Right. 
for that in itself brings problems because, uh, you know, you're very, you know, the feeling against you, really, you know, at the time when I had him was very negative, you know, that I'd chosen to go that way and, and hadn't gone the natural way. And Yeah, yeah I bet you were kind of demonised for that, right? Well, yeah, you were made to feel as if you were lacking, really, mm. yeah. And Samantha, how long ago was that? Oh, it was 17 years ago now. Because I mean, but, you know, I had to. No, it's not I'm that not long ago. Fight. Still, this century. It's it's not that long ago, and you'd hope that things had changed on that front. But I mm. think this story we've been just discussing today really shows that things haven't changed at all, and there is still, as Mike said, this demonisation of uh, of women who quite you know who might want to go down a different route other than the natural route. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, breastfeeding thing. The whole thing is, you know, your natural birth. You know, breastfeeding. Neither of which I did. And right. uh, yeah, it's. Uh, when you asked the last guy, what's your point? Well, I don't. I guess I haven't really got a point. No, you have. Just, You've got a much you know. better point than he had, I have to say. Don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Thank you for sharing it, Samantha Riscunthorpe. We had the National Childbirth Trust on not that long ago, uh, who have now kind of changed their tack on a lot of things. But they were, for a long time, very hard line yeah. about the fact that you should not take any drugs, you should not do any kind of uh, surgery. So the caesareans made you basically the devil incarnate. Unbelievable stuff. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.